Welcome to the book reading program of 3ABN Australia Radio. Does your faith need a boost? Do you think that miracles only happened in Bible times? Think again. Compiled by Remnant Publications, the book Get Ready for a Miracle recounts true stories that prove that when we step out in faith, God displays His power in undeniable ways. Here is our reader, Harold Harker. This story is entitled, Cast Down But Unconquered. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7 to 11 reads this way, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. Each time that I am forced to remember the events of the night that our boat capsized in the Rio Negro, I can hardly believe that it's real and not just a dream or something we dreamt up. However, each time that I see the boat anchored at our base or talk to Dr. Annabelle, who lost his wife, I am reminded that it did happen and that it wasn't a dream. Each time that I remember the details, I am amazed at how God was so intimately involved in saving our lives that night. The day was like any other day in the jungle. We had spent it visiting a village that did not have the presence of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Interestingly enough, the church had worked in this village ten years prior with the Lazero boats. However, they had never succeeded in planting a church. During the early days of the visits to Soraka, a two-year-old girl, Gazelle, was found to have a serious heart condition that required immediate surgery to save her life. Ten years later, we were able to see Gazelle alive and healthy and her thankful family who remembered all the efforts put forth to save their little baby girl. This day, however, after doing medical work and holding a short worship service, we ended the day and headed back to the boat. It was a Saturday evening and we were all hot and sweaty after a full day of service in the jungle. After sundown worship, everyone agreed on one thing, a nice swim in the river. Our boat captain, Saturnino, one of our full-time volunteers was at the helm on this trip. He decided we should go about 600 feet offshore so that we could swim in the fresh water that the current brings lazily downstream. We threw down our anchor in about 18 feet of water and everyone leaped in and had a great swim. It wasn't till nearly 10.30 that night that the last person got ready for bed and settled down on the boat. 
the plan was to depart at midnight to return home to Manaus, a trip that would take about six hours downstream. We were scheduled to arrive around sunrise in Manaus. I went to sleep about 8.45pm. I was planning to assist Taternina in the navigation that night, so I wanted to get some sleep before I had to wake up and drive the boat. I don't wake up easily. I was sleeping in a room in the hull of the boat. On this particular boat, we had two rooms downstairs and one room upstairs. Those not in rooms slept in hammocks on the upstairs deck. The rooms had the air conditioners on, so our boat's generator was running to provide energy for the boat. As I laid down to sleep in a nice cool room, I could hear absolutely nothing above the sound of the generator's engine, which was right next to our room, separated by a thick piece of plywood. After having my prayer and settling in, I was sound asleep. Sometime later that evening, Ricardo and Renato, the two physicians who were sleeping in the same room with me, came in, turned on the lights and got ready for bed. I heard nothing. Then they went to sleep, right around midnight, for no known reason whatsoever. Ricardo and I leapt out of our beds at the exact same time. Without one single thought passing through our minds, without even knowing why in the world we were out of our beds, we both opened the door and rushed out as fast as we could, running up the stairs into the main room of the boat, the dining room, kitchen. Renato awoke to see us running from the room and ran out behind us. Imagining that there must be a medical emergency, he followed to help. As I reached the top stair and looked around the kitchen, the first thought passed through my mind. That first thought was the shocking realisation that a wave of water was rushing toward me inside the boat and that we were going underwater. Before I had time to even react, the boat turned on its side, the lights went out and we were underwater. When the boat turned over, I actually fell on my back against the wall that I was standing in front of and the large kitchen table came to rest upon my chest, pinning me in the kitchen underwater. I remember screaming out in my mind for God's help, asking the Lord to save me from certain death. As I tried to free myself, the only thing I could think about was getting out of the boat and up to the surface. The next thing I remember, I was sitting on the side of the boat that faced upward. I was out of the water and I was alive. Immediately, I began reaching for hands, trying to pull others up to the side to sit on and get out of the boat. With sobs and tears ripping through the night, we all worked fervently to ensure each person reached safety on the side of the boat. At this point, I remembered Renato and Ricardo, who had run up the stairs with me. 
It wasn't until afterwards that we began to piece the story together. Renato tells how he also made it to the top of the stairs and then the boat turned. He wasn't as fortunate to make it out as I did. He was stuck, not sure under what, but stuck so tightly that he couldn't even move his hands. As he lay under the water inside the boat, he had a short time to reflect and commune with God. He explained how he accepted whatever God willed and then tried to hold his breath as long as possible. Quickly, the moment arrived when he could hold his breath no longer and he began to slowly drink in water. At that exact moment, one of our boat passengers, a missionary named Roger, swam up to the side of the boat where the kitchen was located. He tried to look in the broken kitchen windows to see if there was anyone inside. However, through the dark of the night, all he could see was water. He screamed in one last desperate attempt, if anyone is in there, lift up your hands. As a bolt of lightning lit up the sky, Roger caught sight of a hand sticking up through the water. With all his might, he pulled and up came Ricardo, immediately followed by Renato. They had both been stuck underwater with Renato and Ricardo, two more saved from death. In the dark of the night, the wind howled an evil screech as if death itself were close. We continued, desperately searching for each person, screaming out names, grabbing hands, embracing necks, sobbing aloud, crying to God for help. The wind caused huge waves and each wave would wash over the side of the boat, threatening to tear us loose from our slowly sinking safety. We clung to each other and prayed to God. At that moment, Gabriel, one of our volunteer missionaries, felt as if an audible voice was telling him to swim to the front window and look for any people. Through the thick blackness of the night, he could not see anything through the window. As he reached his hand in the window to feel around, he suddenly bumped into the arm of Annabelle. Another desperate few minutes, screams of help, waves over our heads, and finally Annabelle was pulled from the boat. He wasn't breathing. More screams for help. Gabriel passed his body to me, the closest person to him. As I tried to pull him from the water, another bolt of lightning illuminated his face, showing his eyes fixed and pale face. Desperation. As I hung tightly to his body, I prayed and screamed for God to intervene. Ricardo quickly pulled him the rest of the way out of the water and began CPR. Chest compressions, breaths and Annabelle came back. Praise God. A few people began singing. The boat was slowly sinking lower. Were we going to make it off alive? I wasn't sure where we were. What exactly had happened? 
Why had the boat turned over? I screamed for Saturnino, our boat captain. Satter, where are you, Satter? He called back through the night. He was clean to the front of the boat. He quickly informed me that we had not even started travelling yet. We were still anchored down, only 600 feet offshore. Hope! We were close to shore. We were not in the middle of the river after all. Praise God! Saturnino later told us that night had been a calm night. There was no sign of a storm. Out of nowhere, a fierce wind quickly hit the front of the boat, turning it sideways, caught the whole side of the boat straight on, and over it went, just like that. No time to respond, the boat's motor was not even turned on yet. As we all realised that we were close to shore, still in front of Soraka, we decided to scream for help. In unison, we began screaming for help. Help! God, please help us! Way up on shore, up the steep incline to Soraka, one young girl was awakened by screaming. Gazelle, the very girl, whose life was saved by the project 10 years earlier, heard the screams for help. Quickly, she woke her parents and told them that she was sure she heard screams. After listening and hearing nothing, her parents tried to assure her that we had long since travelled. She persisted. Certainly she had heard screams for help. At her persistence, some men from the village went down the incline to get a bit closer, only to hear that it was true. Someone was screaming for help. Through the dark of the night, we suddenly heard the sound of a boat engine roar to life. Help was on its way. Our shouts increased in intensity. We did not want to risk the boat passing us by. The Lord heard our cries for help and almost instantly the waters calmed and the boat was able to come to our side for rescue. Quickly, we were able to pull 19 of the 20 passengers from our sinking boat and to safety. We only lacked Daphne, the wife of Annabel. We searched for nearly an hour without success, unable to find Daphne in the boat. It wasn't until daybreak after 10 hours of work in pulling the boat from the water that we found precious Daphne dead inside the hallway of the boat. Looking back, I have no doubt that our guardian angels were extremely busy that night. Without a doubt, it was our angels that awoke us that night, took us by the hands and yanked us from our room. Several weeks later, as we did the clean-up on the boat, we discovered that the door to our room was jammed shut. The act of the boat turning caused a floorboard to come out of place and it jammed our door shut. Had we not left the room the very second in which we did, all three of us would have had the same fate as Daphne on that dark and dreadful night. Each survivor has his or her own version to tell. Each one of the 19 missionaries that survived that night is a living testimony of God's grace and mercy to us.
Gabriel, one of our missionaries aboard, later told me that he thought he had seen me walking back and forth on top of the boat, pulling people from the water. When I confirmed with him that it was not me and told him where I had been, we both were convinced that it was yet another angel busily saving the lives of God's children that night. A reflection associated with this story comes from Acts of the Apostles, page 330. Referring to his own experience, Paul showed that in choosing the service of Christ, he had not been prompted by selfish motives, for his pathway had been beset by trial and temptation. We are troubled on every side, he wrote, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. You've been listening to the book reading program by 3ABN Australia Radio, featuring Get Ready for a Miracle. For more information about this book, visit remnantpublications.com. Remnant.